Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back. Hopefully you're at least 18. Uh, welcome back to Stock <laughs> the Stock Breakdown, where we're breaking down. Wait, wait, we got Power Plug, Disney, and what's the third one? Neo. And Neo. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, I am, of course, Phil Bear, the podcast mogul, your host with the most, and up to my left or right, depending on how you look at it, we got Tony, who is the brains behind Stock Bros podcast and one of the great admins here. And then we got Dalt, the advisor from Banting Corp Capital Management, as well as one of the great admins to this group. So ladies and gentlemen, you know, I know, everyone knows what this show is. We break down the stocks so that you don't have to while I sweat over here. Tony, what stock are we starting with today? You want to start with Disney? What do you think? Sure, I'll take I'll take I'll lead off on plug in the uh, middle. Okay. All, All right. right. So I'm bringing up the Disney info that you showed. All right. So here's Disney over the last year to date. What's going on? Yeah. So we got a little graph up on the screen, and that's just Disney's year to date returns. Um, I would say right now. So some of the numbers I like to look at when I'm analyzing a stock. One of the very first ones I look at, other than just scouring the earnings report, is I'll look at the price to book ratio. And that gives you a good idea of what the market value is compared to the actual book value of a company. So right now, Disney is trading at around 3.9 to 1 ratio, meaning that the market value is about 3.9 or about four times higher than what the actual book value is of Disney. So right now it's definitely trading, in my opinion, it's definitely trading high. Um, the thing is Disney was in a lot of trouble when the pandemic first hit. And they, because all of their, their business model at the time was parks. You know, you, you bring your kids to Disney Orlando, to, to Disney Hollywood. California. Those were their big money makers. And what they did was they, they were in a lot of trouble. They were losing a lot of money. And what they did was they pivoted to their Disney Plus model. And they started really heavily promoting and marketing Disney Plus. And it was actually really smart. Very, Give me a very second. You did send, you sent me a picture. So we're going to bring that up. Yeah, because it really kept them afloat during the pandemic. Um, and they were losing a lot of money during the, the pandemic months. And we could actually go and pull up the earnings report I did earlier. And they were losing a lot of money the last four quarters. And if you look at this chart, you can see that as of this one's a little bit outdated. Let's see. Q3. This one's actually from quarter three of yeah. last year. But it shows that Disney is now now has over 100 million subscribers. I think 150 shows, with all its products. Yeah. So just Disney Plus, though, what I'm talking about. So just Disney Plus now has over 100 subscribers. And the reason why I bring up Disney Plus is because I think they're pivoting to a model where they're going to start releasing a lot of movies on Disney Plus instead of going directly to theaters. We just saw that with Black Widow, where they're charging. $35 to buy or rent black. I think you probably buy it. At yeah, you price. buy it. Yeah, you buy it for $35. And they sold over 60. They, I think they had over $60 million in profits in Black Widow when it first opened. 
And right now, with over 100 million subscribers, they're saying that the average subscriber pays about $4 a month. So you're looking at $400 million a month off of just Disney Plus subscriptions, which is pretty amazing. So I think that really saved them a lot. And they were smartly marketing that and they were pivoting their business strategy to go to a digital strategy and provide more digital content, sell movies on there, trying to get uh, create new shows. They created a bunch of new Marvel shows. With, they created, uh, their big hit was the Star Wars show. Uh, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was one of their huge hits. And that helped drive uh, new subscribers in a big way. I subscribe because that show is a great show. <laughs> it's so, an awesome show. I can't wait for season three and yeah, the Boba Fett ba- to come on. I mean, Baby Yoda was, was the talk of the world. I, I have a Baby Yoda, yeah. for God's sakes. Right. So it's genius marketing. That show definitely paid off all its dividends. Um, and you could see that they're starting to, like I said, they're, they're starting to pivot their business strategy. They have, they have more subscribers than Netflix and any other subscription base in the world. I believe last I read, uh, you can double check on that, but I'm not hundred percent sure. But the last I read a couple months ago, they were number one in the world. So it's pretty amazing what they did with that. And obviously Disney is going to continue to thrive because as the pandemic ends and the parks start opening to full capacity, that's where they, have all their bread and butter that's where they make all their profits so i would say things are looking pretty good for disney and it's going to get better but make no mistake the pandemic did hurt them a lot um you can tell by their earnings reports and their balance sheets in the last four quarters they did lose a lot of money but um like i said disney plus kept them afloat i think as far as buying it right now i personally wouldn't buy it right now because i think it's it's trading too high I would wait to see if it can get it at maybe 155-ish range, maybe 150, because I still think 183 is way too high, but that's my personal opinion. So that's really my opinion on Disney, and uh, I'll I'll kick it over to, to Dalt. Well, let's bring Dalt. Dalt, what is uh, your opinion? Do you want to add anything to what uh, Tony said about uh, Walt Disney? Yeah. Um... Total subscriber base is not bigger than Netflix. Um, Disney doesn't even have 200 million across ESPN Plus, Hulu, or Disney Plus. Um, Netflix is well over 200 million. Um, I think Disney's coming in 160 or 170 with all with all three of them. Okay, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, they're okay, yeah. you're right. They have 207 million for so, Netflix. Yeah. yeah, Disney Plus is at 109. I'm not sure what. Yeah, Hulu, Hulu's yeah. like 40s, 40 something, 43, I think. And uh yeah. PN is like only like a handful of people. Like maybe 10. You know what? I might have I might have I definitely misstated that. I think what I read was it was one of the fastest growing ones. Yeah, it is the growing. fastest. It's the yeah. fastest to get to hundred million. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my bad, I apologize. Yeah. Uh other than that though, yeah, a lot of the growth, um, the parks are pretty steady, Eddie. When they're they're open, um, I even have a couple friends that visit the parks um, pretty often, and they're they're grown people, and they're visiting there quite often without without kids. And now and now they have kids, so they're gonna be going there even more. Uh, so it's definitely a big thing. Um, and I want to get back to the parks as well. Um, we haven't been in in years, so we'd like to go. That's super 
a super well, stable sure. part of the business and that real that real estate there is always worth is always going to be worth billions of dollars so yeah um, i'm going in october yeah so. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's certainly yeah. it's certainly steady eddie and that that's what's really carried them to this point and that's kind of what that anchor in in disney is uh, but for all the new growth moving forward, um, it's going to come from this media and streaming and, and entertainment. That's where all this growth moving forward is going to be. So they're do they've been doing pretty well with uh, Disney Disney Plus, I think. And I think as as time goes on, um, that will account for a bigger and bigger portion of of revenue. I know that they had a significant um, pullback and their speed of subscriber growth in the last quarter. Yeah. And yes. so it'll, it'll be interesting to see if that is, if that's a one-off or if that's gonna continue to be the problem. Um, There's a good chance, I, I, cause everything's opening back up and with right. the uh, vaccine, I, uh, probably it's gonna be a, it's gonna slow down dramatically their, their rise, but I don't think it's gonna stop because there's, they're just with the turning out of content that they're doing and moving stuff away from the uh, theaters. Right. Uh, you could you could start to see a good steady growth. So right. I quickly looked on uh, some information on their streaming service. Their CEO said that they expect the streaming service to hit between 230 to 260 million subscribers within the next three years. So make of that what you will. I don't think that's probably gonna. I don't think that's gonna happen. Like Phil said. And then now that COVID's ending, that's why we saw so many new subscribers. There's nothing yeah, to do, yeah. you know? They launched nearly at the perfect time to launch a, a streaming oh, service. It was perfect. Yeah. And two years, I mean, two years from now, I think Netflix is going to have a tough time hitting 260. So um, it's just, I think that market is starting to really, really saturate. And I think everybody who's there is pretty much there. Yeah. Uh, at this point, uh, so I think growth is going to be pretty slow moving forward. They'll they'll think of 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 clever ways to increase that that revenue over the years, though. Um, Disney Plus as well. They of course they do control the Star Wars fran franchise. Yeah. Um. So they do have options for new Star Wars. I I I just don't think, and this is a knock on on AMC share shareholders. Eventually, it's just not going to be released in theaters anymore. It's going to appear on Disney Plus. It is. Forget everything that you think about AMC. It's just way too expensive. Nobody wants to go there. Um, Specifically, to Disney staying with the, the family-oriented shows and movies. Yeah. It's if a family knows it's going to cost them only thirty dollars, whereas going to the movie just two tickets is thirty dollars, and you have a brood of kids that you're bringing. You know, you you have the birthday parties. It's easier. Put on the rent the movie, buy the movie, and you have access to it. Absolutely, so it's and never, and never mind the uh, tickets. Like the popcorn and drink is like yeah. over, 10, over ten bucks itself. That's a hundred dollars. I, I remember my dad just taking my family, and we're, we were a family of five. And this is back in the early nineties. It was close to a hundred dollars the tickets yeah. and the food. So with inflation, it's now you're looking at close it's to two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's yeah, my, my uncle just went there. Parking alone is over a hundred dollars. Forget yeah. food. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. where, even if sub sub subscriber growth uh, um, uh, yeah. cools, cools down, a lot of new movies are going to start to be released. Like you said, what was it? Black Widow. You said Black Three Widow of was the biggest, was the most successful movie released in the pandemic. Yeah, so far. 
and so, so that will that will continue to be a thing. I know I know um, on, was stream, it on stream who who had Mortal Mortal Kombat? Did anybody have Warner that? Brothers. Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers. Okay, I saw that. I think it was for sale. I don't know if it's Netflix or Prime Video, but Prime. Okay, yeah. So yeah, a lot of these new movies are going to be coming on this avenue, and that's how um, these streaming platforms are going to make that additional revenue. So uh, Disney, though, yeah, I mean, it's 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 okay i mean i wouldn't recommend buying it but if someone had it in their port portfolio i wouldn't exactly say it's a bad thing i think um you could I, do a lot worse yeah, yeah. disney is one of those companies that we know will as long as they concentrate on two things the parks and they're they're co creating content for kids yeah they're in they're going to be printing money all the way to the end of time yeah exactly the the parks provide the uh base revenue and um, parts of revenue and the growth is going to come from media and uh, and uh, entertainment as far as streaming goes. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's all around good. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at uh, their last quarter, and I mean, their last quarter they're up almost a hundred percent in net income. So I mean, they made ninety million dollars the first first quarter of this year. So that's a big you know a big increase from last year. Last year, they, I mean, their best quarter was 17 million in net income, and then all the other quarters they lost money. So, because of the uh, pandemic, yeah. Have yeah. are all the parks open now? For I think, yeah, they're they're open. Um, my uncle just went to the one in California. They they even opened up the Star Wars exhibits and all that stuff too. So, um, I guess they're they're pretty much fully operational. I'm not sure if they have like a, a limit, like a a people restriction, but right. um, they're open. So, uh, I, like you said, I, I there's so many other better stocks to buy. Yeah, um, at a lower that provide the same, but at a lower price point, right? I just think all the news of Disney Plus. They had a lot of good news in, in the last I don't know six months for Disney. So I just think the stock price got too overinflated, much like everything else mm -hmm. in the market. But um, I mean, right now they're trading almost four to one price to book. So to me, it's it's definitely way overvalued. Yeah, if you're looking for like like I said, if if Disney's already in your portfolio, I think if you hold it for ten years, you're going to make a lot of money. But if you're looking for an aggressive grower and you're looking to capitalize on on that movie streaming specifically, Netflix is going to be the better bet. Um, just because they are the leader in terms of subscribers and um, what else was I going to say here? Um, they've been able to raise pricing without losing anybody. And Disney Plus is very cheap. And we all know from, from Netflix, it's not going to stay there. So, And the question is, when they raise, are they going to be as successful at holding on to clients as, Net as Netflix was? Netflix doesn't have to raise for a while now, but Disney is going to have to raise shortly. And do people just run off the ship? So um, for that reason, I would say if you want... Um, they're going to need compelling content yeah, to keep yeah, people. All the big guys. Yeah, they do have some compelling content. They have good stuff. Mm. You know, it's... It, listen, if you're going to buy, if you say you want to buy 10 shares of Disney and you plan to hold it for 10 years. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be fine. But if you're going to buy 10 shares of Disney and try to flip it in two years, I'd be like, ah, I don't think that's no. going to work. Yeah. So all right. it all depends on what your expectations are, you know? Excellent. All right. So we're moving on to the next one. We're doing a plug power, correct? Dalt? Yep. I'm leading off with plug power. So yeah, plug power. 
Uh, I actually held this stock. Yeah, I did. I did hold it. Um, I wrote an article last year in, I think, September. I'm just going to quickly search on my blog. I think it was September. Make sure, guys, when you're here watching, let us know you like the show by giving us a thumbs up, commenting. If you have any questions regarding the stock that we're reviewing, let us know. Ask that question. We'll answer it live on air so that you guys can uh, be part of this uh, the show so that it's a very friendly and uh, everyone benefits from it. So, yeah, adult. Uh, yeah, so I, I wrote an, ar an article on plug. I wasn't on plug power. It was actually on hydrogen power. It was called Hydrogen Power Had a Profit from the Quiet Rise in Fuel Cell Technology and Grid Supplementation. And one of the um, companies that I talked about, I talked about four companies there. Two of them were in hydrogen fuel cell production, and the other two were in the production of hydrogen gas. And so I talked about plug power and Ballard Power sy sy Systems on the 17th of September last year. And at the time, plug power was at 1294. Um, so I bought in at I think 14 and change and I sold at $58 and nice I made a lot of money and since it's, it's come flying down. So, uh, the issue with plug power is it's not that it, that it's a, it's a, it's an issue, but all of those hydrogen systems is mostly geared towards warehousing. It's geared toward forklift and other, um, sort of, um, uh, product moving um, machines versus, um, you know, kind of automobiles or motor, or motor vehicles. So that's what plug power is in focused on. And I was in it for a short trade because there was a huge wave at that point building for hydrogen fuel. And it didn't really matter what you owned back then. Anything that had anything with hydrogen fuel around it was going to go through the roof. So, um, if you're still holding, uh, and if you bought above 60, and now, of course, we're down to $26, um, this company is still going to grow. Uh, they're going to face some competition in the near term with fully electrical forklifts and other, uh, as I said, product um, moving machines. Uh, but they're, how do I put this? If you buy that 60, you're screwed. That's what yeah. You're screwed. <laughs> you are screwed. Yeah. Uh, you're trying to come in and just like ripping off the band-aid. Yeah. It's not going back up to 60. Yeah, no. Uh so losses, losses are actually building. So um yeah. yeah, it's it's not the best place to be. Uh there's this company will turn a profit in about a couple of years, um, but it's gonna be a very small profit, and it's just gonna be a matter of how much market share can these guys attack? And I would imagine that, like I said, in the near term, there's going to be people building electrical forklifts and all types of electrical products that move in around warehouses. And it's going to really eat into plug powers revenue. So yeah, there's that. Um, I don't really have anything more to say about it. Oh, I got no. in, I got in and I got out. So that's, yeah, yeah I'm going to give plug two thumbs down. Um, yeah. If you bought it like in the er, in the early twenties or you know maybe high teens and you want to try holding it for a couple of years, sure. But uh, other than that, I don't really see too much. Like you said, it's going to take years for this company to to be to turn a profit, and there's so much competition. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I'm not, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty low on this one. I would sell it if I had any profit at all right now, uh, to be honest. 
So, on so have, uh, on another related note here, just to say, um, if you go to my blog and you use the blog search and you search for hydrogen, the word hydrogen, that article is going to come up. What's more interesting in that article is the grid supplementation with hydrogen gas. So companies like um, Lind, PLC, and Air Products and Chemicals, these companies actually create hydrogen gas. And a lot of utilities in California, because California is always the first to go super green because they're yeah. a blue state notoriously. Um, so a lot of um, Californian utilities that run uh, natural gas fired elect electricity turbines, they're all switching over to change their turbines to manage on hydrogen gas. So instead of burning natural gas, methane, they're gonna be bur burning hydrogen and hydrogen is a clean burn. When you burn it, it just creates water, right? So as you burn it and throw it through the turbine, um, the only reaction is gonna be um, water. So they're moving towards that. And there's a lot too in Southwestern United States that are also adapting their natural gas fired turbines to take in hydrogen. And companies that create hydrogen are gonna be the ones that get all, all this business, right? So um, Lind PLC is one of them, uh, Air Products and Chemicals, there's a few others as well. I think that part of the segment, like I've been looking at taking a position in air products and chemicals for a while now, that part of it is going to have real long-term implications because I don't see us burning methane forever. Okay, okay. Now we're moving off to the final one. Whoops, what's going on there? Yeah, Neil, that's the one everybody wants. That's the one that we got a lot of votes on. Yeah. Here we go, let's bring up the Neo. Yeah. stuff right here and tony uh tell us yeah. about neo and what's going on there look we talked about this one in depth uh probably like a month or two ago but um i would say neo the thing with neo is people are pretending that or hoping i should say that this is going to be the next tesla where they buy it at 20 30 40 dollars 50 dollars and two, three years from now, it's up to $2,500 a share like Tesla was before the split or $3,000 a share. And um, they're hoping that uh, that's exactly that's exactly what they're hoping. Because right now there's really no good reason to buy Neo, to be honest, because this company is valued at 17 times book value. So uh, their market price is 17 times book value. In comparison, Ford is 1.7 times book value. So the price to book ratio, uh, usually anything three to one and under is pretty pretty reasonable. Um, so that gives you some comparison if you're you know you're comparing another EV company or a company that's going to be heavy into EV like Ford, they're 1.7, Neo 17 to one. So this company's current evaluation, it's 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 trading like a company that has strong profits and is selling hundreds of thousands of cars per quarter but in reality they're only selling 20,000 cars and that was their best quarter last quarter uh i, I would say the reason this is never going to be tesla is because one they don't have a figurehead ceo like elon musk that is polarizing that gets a lot of attention um and two there's so much competition in the Chinese EV field and Tesla is actually in China too. And I think they're probably going to be the company that dominates the Chinese market. 
Uh, there are several other ones as well, Xping, and there's a couple other ones that are very strong in the Chinese market. Um, could that listen? This company, if you like, we could pull up their earnings, and I did earlier. Is this that the uh, photo that you sent me so just last month? Yeah, I mean, they lose so much money. It's, I mean, is, they is lost. This, this is the this, thing you're talking about. Yeah, this quarter alone, this past quarter alone, they lost four point eight seven billion dollars in one quarter. So they have a revenue of about eight billion, but they lost nearly five billion dollars in net income. So, and then if you look at twenty twenty, they lost one point four billion. They, the next quarter, they lost one point two, then one point two billion. So you're looking at a total of one, two, you know, four. Just right here, net profit margin negative sixty-one yeah. percent. You're looking at about eight billion dollars in the past year of net income losses. So, how long can a company sustain billions of dollars of losses every quarter before they turn a profit? I don't know. I would. I will say that the one thing this company has into their advantage, and it's a huge advantage, and I don't even understand how they got this. But if you look at these quarterly financials, they have $28 billion in cash on hand, which I don't understand how they have $28 billion in cash. I know how. Well, I'm assuming <laughs> it's communist government subsubsidies. Yeah. And exactly. really, really, the Chinese government is propping this company up because this company, they do sell cars. I'll give them that. They're not some like workhorse or fake car company that doesn't that just has a fake prototype and it doesn't actually run they do sell cars their cars are not horrible from what i've seen from videos i watched some videos on them but they're so far away from turning a profit it's not even funny i mean they're losing billions of dollars every quarter i would not invest in this with a 12 12 so, foot pole so i mean the question is and this is the billion dollar question <laughs> when will this company turn a profit and will they turn a profit before they run out of funds and go out of business so i don't I have know. a question for you tony regarding this before we jump into dalt's um yeah. analysis of this um do you know how long it took tesla to turn a profit or either one of you guys well i would say technically they're still not turning a profit <laughs> if you take out the government subsidies yeah but it did so i did look go back and i looked at tesla and tesla was kind of on the same trajectory where they took a very long time but the mm -hmm. difference with tesla is if you pull up their earnings Every quarter, you could see they were losing less and less money. Okay. So, so you could see that they were trending up. Their earnings per share were going up. And with NEO, it's, I mean, this is the it's biggest loss they've ever had in a quarter. Yeah. And they've sold the most cars they've ever had in a quarter. So, uh, you know, yeah, when we look is at they going to reach that turning point where they're going to make money? Could be years. I don't know. So... Selling 20,000 20, cars in a market with a billion people is not going to cut it, you know? My question here is this cost of revenue, it says it's $6.43 Does that mean that it costs them that much money to make the $7 billion up here? That's exactly what it means. Jesus. Probably, yeah, probably like production costs, uh, marketing, 
all kinds of other costs that go into it. Yeah. It's not so, good. Um, <laughs> that, that is not something I would want. Um, so if you and it's up 317%. Jesus. So if you look at Tesla, the difference between Neo and Tesla is if you go back to last year, you could see that the the first quarter they're they're actually starting to turn a profit. They're making 104 million net income, 330 net income, 270 net income, and then the latest quarter 438 net income. So even though it's government subsidized, they're still in the green. They're in the positive. Neo, it's just seen they're so far away. I just don't know what it's going to take. And they don't, and like I said, they don't have Elon Musk. Elon That's, Musk is such a huge advantage yeah. to Tesla, and there is no Elon Musk for Neo. So I think Neo's hype was they were branded as the Chinese Tesla, and a lot of people jumped on that. And they wanted, like I said earlier, they want to find the next Tesla and they want to get in early and have massive profits. And that's kind of like a black swan event. It's very rare. You don't see things like Tesla happening often. So, so that's my take. <laughs> awesome. All right, Dalt, uh, you want to jump on this the last bit of uh, review before we uh, end the yeah. show? Yeah. He, he touched on a lot of great points and the one, the one thing there um, that he ended off with, and I would hope I was hoping he would he would get to it. Is Elon Musk? Uh, that's really the game changer. Uh, banks really trust Elon. Uh, he can tap public markets every month. He could issue shares every single month of the year, and he somebody every some bank would be out there underwriting him because they know they can turn off those shares into the market. And retail investors just love Tesla. They love Tesla more than they love their own flipping parents, their significant other, their brother and sister. They really love Tesla. Yeah. So Elon can just keep going or capping those public markets. And I know this is the case because every time he issues shares, the shares seem to double and triple, which makes no sense because there's actually, actually the company should be losing value, but somehow that they, yeah. they keep skyrocketing. So it's the trust in Tesla. It's yeah. the trust in Elon. Yeah. People really, really love it. So yeah. you can't really compare Neo to it. And to, to Dalt's point last year, there was an article that 39% of Americans, or it was in the 30s, I can't remember exactly, 35, 39% of Americans make investment decisions based on Elon Musk tweets. Who's yeah. the CEO of NEO? Go ahead. Nobody could guess it in a million years, and nobody's making investments based on any of his tweets. So. That's exactly yeah yeah so just it's just the amount the amount of money that Elon can access at any one 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 time without issuing debt is just amazing and that's what's keeping Tesla up there but exactly as Tony said as well and I talk about this in my article how to research a stock if you're not making money you better be raising revenue gaining market share or at the very least every quarter you want to see that those losses you know getting less and less those losses should be slimming down at every quarter so you you know you you lose 500 million fine Next quarter, you better lose less than 500 million. And the quarter after that, you better lose less than you just lost again. When you have companies like Neo that are, that are just losing more and more money every quarter, it, it, that's not good. Um, you're going the wrong way, especially when you're subsidized by, by China. So the big cash on the balance sheet, they are still subsidized by China, as all Chinese com com companies are. What's interesting about uh, the autom electric automobile market in China is China is phasing out the subsidies across all EV makers in China. So Neil will get less money this year than they got last year and 2022 they'll get less money than they got this year too. And so with the money running out, there's now pressure on them to turn a profit or those losses are going to be even bigger than they have been. 
So you got to watch out for that. Everything coming out of China is subsidized. So you never really know just how competitive these companies actually are until you take away the pacifier and the and the tit. And then you really realize, oh, well, I guess Neo can't stand on its own when China's not pumping, you know, a few billion dollars a day per year into the company. Um, one thing that they should be doing under subsidies is raising revenue magnificently. And they've been able to to do that. So revenue more than doubled from 2019 into 2020, or sorry, nearly doubled from 2019 in, into 20, 2020. Um, but the interesting thing with that is, is, you know, they still had they still had massive losses. So again, raising revenue is an easy thing to do when you have sub subsidies. So we'll have to wait and see as to whether or not Neo can stand on its own without these massive subsidies. And again, with this Chinese stuff, um, not that I have anything against China, but honestly, the Chinese government sits on the board of every Chinese company. It is communism over there. I think that's important. Like yeah. you said, we don't have anything against Chinese people or yeah. the Chinese Ch or China at all. It's the yeah. Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, that's what it's the government. Somebody yeah. from the government sits on every yeah. Chinese board. You yeah. saw what they did with with Alibaba last year, um, and now every Chinese company that's listed on American Exchange is feeling the pain. Um, you know, you you name it: Momo, uh, Neo, Alibaba. Um, doesn't matter what it is; they're all feeling the, feeling the pain. So, yeah, yeah. I BD. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't go anywhere near these companies right now because you know what? China just told uh, DD to take its app off all the app stores. So in certain countries, that's freaking crazy. Like, again, like Chinese companies, I would just stay very very far away, uh, especially Chinese e EV makers. And last point I have is: Does anybody remember BYD? Yeah. BYD was one of the first EV companies to come out of China. Warren Buffett was a huge investor in that. I think he owned 10% of the company at, yeah. at one point. Um, they're the most profitable EV maker. Like, they're the most profitable. And it seems like everybody just kind of forgot about them. And they've just kind of been sitting there um, doing their thing year over year. But they make money. Um and so as, as, as subsidies wind down, I, I would want to be more aligned if I wanted to be in a Chinese EV maker, which I don't. I want to be anywhere near China. But if you did, um, I would start looking at the guys that are already profitable. Excellent. All right. So we're going to round, round it out. Tony, we're going to start with you. Tell us where we can find you and uh, get in contact with you if we need to. Well, the Stock Bros podcast as always and also you know i'm always all over the group people can try to message me i try to respond but i have my messages turned off so i don't check them often um and uh you can check out my investing for beginners course that's doing pretty well i can put that link in the comments as well so excellent thank thanks you so for much the support yeah always welcome adult where can they uh find you follow you and understand what's going on in the world of finance Always on the blog, always in the group, and my Instagram, which I've been pushing a lot lately. So at Rizme Life, I know a lot of people have come over from from the group and started following me there to see my stories. Again, I post a lot of Wall Street Journal content in my stories. So if you don't want to pay for the subscription and you want those free little news tweets that I get in my email every day, please subscribe to my page and follow along with my story. And of course, every Saturday I do live videos for my Insta as well. So always great.
Excellent. And if you want to follow me because you want to learn how to be an entrepreneur, you can go to investinyourselfpod.com and listen to the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, we want to thank you for tuning in to Stock Dirty to Me, the Stock Breakdown Edition. Uh, and we look forward to talking to you in the future. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone.